If you're not listening to the Smoke World Podcast, you're wasting your time, you mortal. What's up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Smoke World. I'm your host, Stone. So go grab that stick. Go grab a glass, whatever you're drinking. Let's sit back and have a conversation. You can follow me on Instagram at Smoke World Podcast. Email stone at smokeworldpodcast.com. Again, the website, people. This sounds like a song because I intro every intro with the saying saying. Website. SmokeWorldPodcast.com We got a lot of great things going on there Again, I keep telling you about the cigar deals Go support the sponsors They believe in me, I believe in them That's what we do Today's episode I am joined by my brothers of the leaf Man, this is going to be an interesting story Interesting episode We're talking to brothers who worked on Rikers Island So we're going to be talking about What goes on Behind the bars so I got my brother Marty in the building. I got my brother Ty in the building. Brothers of the Leaf who have joined me on this podcast. Brothers, what's up, fellas? What's going on with you, fellas? How you doing, Stone, my brother? Good uh, to see you. Good to see you, man. Brother. So look, brothers, I normally start off with a little demographic about, you know, where you're from, how long you've been smoking this stick. So I'm going to start with Ty. Ty, how long have you been smoking cigars, brother? I've been smoking a cigar over 30 years. I started when I was in the Marine Corps, and I just graduated from mild, and I smoke all full body right now. CAO 660. Oh, wow. Okay. In Marine Corps. Now, That's my long, go-to. How, how, okay, but, you know, folks don't know how long you was in the Marine Corps. Was it yesterday? I did 11 years week? active duty. I went in from 75 to 86. I did one year of reserve. I joined Corrections in 85. Oh, that's what's up. Well, thank you for your service, brother. Thank you for your service. And you are from where? I'm from Brooklyn, New York. East New York, by way of Staten Island, and I'm now a Delawarean. Oh, man. Sorry to hear that, buddy. Wow. Sorry to hear that. (laughs) Brother Marty, my main man over there. What's up, brother? Everything good. Everything good. Yo, now, I think you kind of new to the state. Again, I could be incorrect. You are correct. I'm fairly new. I would say about 10 years. Oh, that ain't new. Oh, I, I'm sorry. That ain't new. Well, yeah, that ain't new. I'm sorry. Relatively speaking. It's not new. Because this brother right here was the one that got me to start smoking cigars. Oh, that's what's up. But yeah, oh, 10 yeah. years you is not new. So I'm apologizing on that because 10 years is not new. Now, if you had said maybe 10 months, but 10 years, that's a long time. Now, where are you from, brother? I am from New York City, from the Bronx. Boogie Bo- down. No doubt. Born in Manhattan, but raised in the Bronx. Damn. Okay, fellas. All right. So, you know, we start the show off with a little bit of that little history. So we're going to jump right into it because I had the fellas. It's on me. I had the fellas waiting. we got some stuff going on, sipping, smoking. Um, yes, sir. Right now, tonight, I'm smoking on the uh, A.J. Fernandez New World. Always a banger. A.J. Fernandez. You know, it is what it is. Brother T. I whip my go-to, on? my 660 CAO. That's yeah. what I smoke mostly, yeah. 99% of the time. That is I, true, because that's all I've been seeing you with lately. That's, so any particular reason? I just love the taste, the aroma, the burn, and 
This is my legal weed. It gets me nice. Oh, you get high off your cigar. Uh, kinda. True okay, indeed. Okay. And, I, and I'm good. So okay, so you get this high. This is what I yours. do. All right, that's what's up. All right, so look, we're gonna get right into this thing, fellas. We ain't gonna mess around. We're gonna get right into what's going on. So, Rikers Island. Yes, sir. Uh oh. Yeah, we're getting into it now. Rikers let's, Island. So you. Let's go with the belly of the beast. Yeah. I'll start with you, Ty, because I think you started. You 30, 30 plus years. Damn, that's a long time behind the bars, brother. A long time behind the scenes. So, what year did you start? You recall that? 1985. Did you want to be a CA? CO? No. Um, from where I came from, I knew people that w went to jail, and I went into the Marines. I never knew anything about jail except for what I heard on the streets. But what I heard on the streets, I recall that, you know, people coming back from jail saying, Yo, I was the boss, I was this, I was that in jail. I was on house gang. House gang runs everything. When I got to jail, I found out that that was all a lie. Okay, what do you mean by that? What was all a lie? House gang? What, what is that? So you got you to gotta understand, the people that's listening to this podcast don't have no clue what you're talking about. So I'm going to have to ask you to break some things down because, again, they're listening. And these folks, some of these people ain't never seen the jail, not a spell jail. So you're going to have to give them a little breakdown on some of these uh, code words that you're using. Also, let me explain about what house gang is. In jail, and again, I was in a jail. I wasn't in a prison or a penitentiary. This is a city jail that's so different. And how it's run. We had inmates that come in that do a week, a day, maximum of three years on Rikers Island. So understand that we had a different type of inmate. We didn't we had lifers that came from state prison back down fighting their cases. They only stayed for a, a minimum amount of time to fight their case. But on Rikers Island, which is a city jail, we had people that came in from a day to a week, maximum of three years. So you had a combination of prisoners, adolescents, adults. Yes. Okay, and you started this in '85. Sentence and detainees. Detainees are people who are still fighting their case. Sentence people they have been sentenced to a month to three years. Hmm. Okay, now did you see personally a uh, difference in those who were sentenced for longer periods of time as far as behavior and the ones who may have been there just maybe a week, a month, or several months? Were there any difference in behavior based on your experience? Yes, sir. It was a night and day difference. What was that difference, you think? People have a misnomer about jail and about people who do time. I had less problems with people who are doing 20 years to life than the people who were detained or the people who were sentenced to a month or a day to three years. The behavior was totally different. When you go to the prison or penitentiary, we call that crime college. Mm. Where we were in the city jail, that's the beginning of your indoctrination into incarceration. So that's like the kindergarten in the sense of just getting started. So Let's just say it's 
junior high school. Junior high. And Marty, I want you to jump in because, like I said, you know, each person's experience will probably be different. True. So what was your experience? Would you My, agree with what he's saying? I, was that I, your experience? Put it that way. I agree with him, but I had a little different experience. I came on later. I didn't start till 1997. Okay, so things were a little different. They were a little different. By then, he was a seasoned veteran. He worked on different jails on Rikers Island, off Rikers Island. He had little different experience than I did. Okay, so After the academy, I went to one specific jail, and that's where I worked my whole 20 years. So what was your experience compared to what he's stating what did you think you saw that might be different from what he's just explained as far as some of those behaviors? And the question was, is there a difference between those who come in maybe as far as behavior a week or sentence for several months opposed to long-term periods of uh, incarceration? There definitely was a difference. But once I got there and got some experience on the job, I noticed a change. Now, and it was more about control. Yeah, we who, definitely who control what we definitely things had we had things under control, but what I noticed, the people who were sentenced to a month, three months, they just wanted to get it over, so they wasn't gonna give you a problem. In they want out. to hurry up and go home. Right, in and out. I'm right, just, I'm just stopping by. Right, misunderstanding. The, the ones that were sentenced to a year to three years, whatever it might have been. They were giving problems. Now, it might have been because they knew they were facing more time. Career, career criminals. Yeah. Real criminal, real thugs. And didn't want to conform. So they were sometimes a problem. They came in jail because in jail, they were somebody. In the streets, they were a regular Joe. So when you come to jail... Yo, I know him from back in the day, or he from this hood, or he was he was getting it, either financially, drug wise, or you know committing murders or just crimes. When you are that type of person in jail, you wield some type of power. And in that, yeah, sometimes they were a problem, especially because they had the stature and they wanted that recognition. So they wanted to show those guys who were only there for two months, three months, I run this. So you guys who, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, to these officers, I don't do that. Yo, CO, I need this. What we doing about this? And that's where I say they were a little more of a problem. Well, not a major problem because at that time, like I said, the jails were under control. I had a lot of veterans like this man here who held it down for us and paved the way. So we were good. Now, what was the mindset, personally, to know that you had to go and deal with this every day? Did you have to mentally prepare yourself to say, you know what, I got to mentally prepare? Because you, know, you don't know what you're going to get into when you get into the prison True. or jail. Um, so what was the mental makeup that you had to go through, if, if you went through any, on a daily basis, to now put your uniform on to say now I gotta go in here because to me, which is true, you're locked down with them prisoners. Yes. You're a prison you locked down. Once you locked in that facility, everybody's locked in there. Yes. You just get to walk out at the end of the day. They true don't. Indeed. So back to the original question, 
was there anything in particular as far as a mental um makeup that you had to put on to get yourself together for a daily dose of going into the prison to go to work i personally didn't and i attest that to my age i turned 23 when i graduated the academy and i was fresh into the jail 23 years old still young still not knowing about life i went in there hey it's us against them i'm gonna be good those guys that I'm working with in there, some of those guys that are locked up, I saw them in the street. I was in the streets too. I know who they are. I know what they do. So it wasn't really a problem. The problems came later when I had to realize, hey, it's not always us against them. Sometimes the problem comes from people in uniform that work, in, us against that work us. with you. That's where sometimes I had my problem. Dealing with the inmates, some a lot of time was not a problem. I understood why they were there, what they were doing while they were in there, and it's not a problem. Again, I was young. None of it really bothered me. All right, so if we can elaborate. Okay, you say the people in uniform, you're saying they gave you, in some incidents, yes. incidents gave you more problems than the prisoners. Yes. What why do you he mean? got this pose, why he not doing this, why he doing that, why she doing this. She doing she she the captain likes her the dep likes her, uh, he his uncle's the warden or a boss. It was things like the nepotism, and uh, I can't think of the word right now. Uh, the fraternization that went on in the jails was a problem amongst peers. I, I felt honestly, I started to feel like I was back in high school. Mm. You had the cool kids. You had the, the freshmen that we're not going to speak Rookies. to, and they're not going to sit at the table with us and eat. They need to go sit somewhere else. That's what I started to deal with. And as he said, why is he getting to work there? Why is he so friendly with that person when I never got to be friendly with that person? What is he doing? What is that's, she doing? Yeah, that's what I started to see. And like I said, that's where the problems Now, could, Okay, with that being the case, could mm -hmm. that affect... The way you did your job and the way you handled yourself? It didn't affect the job I was doing. I didn't have, again, I didn't have a problem doing the job. But it started to affect how I started to deal morale. with my fellow Morale, motivation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to proceed, Ty. Go ahead. It, it, it happens, again, like when you seeing I paid my dues. I got five, ten years on the job. You got a rookie fresh out of the academy getting a detail of escorting inmates he don't know any he or she doesn't know anything about escorting inmates through the hallways through the corridors and yet you got that position or that detail for the day i'm working dorms dorms when i first started was 180 to a dorm it's two officers to 180 inmates double bunks mm. and now you you looked the only ones who got those jobs when I came on was senior officers. You couldn't escort nobody because you didn't know how. When something goes down in the hallway, how do you react? You don't have the time or the experience. When I say time, time on a job or which is still experience to handle a situation that goes down in the corridor with hundreds of male inmates. So we would question. 
I've been in, locked in this dorm with all these people all this time. Why can't I get a break by escorting or taking or doing other details? So if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, so this particular detail or duty was more of a, I'm not say light duty, but wasn't, I guess it's, I'm not going to say it's dangerous because prison is dangerous. Being in that prison is a dangerous job. So right. based on, if I'm hearing you correctly, Ty, that you're saying those details or that job description for that day. You would do anything to get out of the dorm or the cell block because okay. you're locked in with them. When you're walking the, the corridors, you got space. You have more freedom. Freedom to see other people, see other things, and talk to other people. When you're locked in those dorms and those, and those cell blocks, all you see is who's locked in with you. And you got to deal with all those different personalities by yourself. So what, 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 are, what are some of the things that could go wrong? I mean, Anything about, can go wrong. You're talking about 180 people or men, and you have two COs. Yes, you had an A officer who was outside the dorm, outside a gate, locked outside the gate. And you had the B officer that had to be inside with them and make tours. So the B officer was the person that was in there with them day to day. Uh, eight to 17 hours, eight and a half to 17 hours a day. On lockdown with the prisoners. On lockdown. With, so you basically was doing time with them. I would have to agree. Absolutely. Now, what, what, what are some of the things that can go wrong or have went wrong? Any and everything can go wrong. You got an argument down the corridor or down, down the back of the dorm. They're arguing. That could be a setup. They're arguing down there to distract you for something that's going to go on up in the front of the dorm. So when you go respond to that situation, somebody behind you could be getting sliced up or raped. Have you experienced that? Yes, I have experienced people being raped and sliced up, stomped out. I've, had, I've experienced officers. I myself got into fights. So, you know, wh how do you handle that? So, okay, let's start with the first scenario. Fake it till you make it if, if you don't know what to do. Being Meaning that I came, I came from a family of 10 brothers and sisters. So I, I grew up fighting. I came from a neighborhood that that's what we did. So when I, I came from the Marine Corps, so fighting wasn't a problem for me. I wasn't scared to do that. But being locked inside, and they fashioned weapons from anything. I, was, I had no clue on what went on inside in the jail. So I, I was shell-shocked. I almost quit the first day I came on. And why was that? We were at a roll call the first day in the jail. We were on... It's called on-the-job training. On-the-job on training. On training. So you go into a jail. As a rookie, you're in the academy. You go in. to After your training, they teach you how to do the job. Then they do practical application. You go inside a jail, and you apply what you was taught. First of all, you're in a certain type of uniform that shows that you're in the academy. You're not even a rookie. You're in the academy. Oh, wow. So you're not even... On the job yet, you still in the academy being taught. And the inmates know this, and they try you. They know all the tricks of the trade. They do whatever they can to get you to do what they want or to make their day or life easier in jail. Wow. Okay. So now we all watch 
TV shows. Don't believe what you see on TV. Okay, that's None of that is real. Okay, that's because why I that's wanted not to what goes on in the jail. Right. They will so, never show you what actually goes on in the jail. And that's why I wanted to kind of. They will never show you what goes on in the jail. Take that off the table. So, you know, we've got these shows, The Oz. Uh, that's the, not real. That's right. TV. And a lot of it is fake. It's not that it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen the way they show you. So when you see that on TV, you think you can go in jail and you can be having sex with the women or the men, officers or other inmates. It's not that simple. And I'm glad you brought that up. I never watched Oz. Have not seen one episode. And when people ask me why, that was my answer. I work there. I do why not I need it? to see a recreation of fiction of what goes on behind bars. I real. live it. So I don't want to see it. And to this day, I have not seen one episode of Oz. I watched it all. Just to, just to have the conversation or be able to have the conversation about the fakeness of what was on TV. Adebisi would have never existed. It just doesn't happen. So, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, there is no Adabisi, meaning that there's nobody who runs that particular block. I'm saying there is no Adabisi. I'm saying it doesn't happen on that scale. What you see on TV, it's TV. All right. That's not real. That scale. Adabisi doesn't even sound like a real name to me. That's how funny it is to me. Right. So, based on that, you're saying it doesn't happen on that scale. So, there is some... Uh, a simulation of what takes place there dealing with that yes sir it does so Simu a simulation okay so give us an example of are there rapes uh, happen in prison you know but they don't happen the way they I show it on tv i don't want to just name a name all right troy troy's troy's running d block he's the guy what does that mean troy may run d block amongst the prisoners he doesn't right. run D-block amongst the officers on a grander scale. Some officers do succumb to those issues or those scenes. It does happen. All I'm saying is what you see on TV, it does not happen like that. It really doesn't. Okay. I mean, I, I can't put it any plainer. Well, uh, maybe you can, you can explain to the audience what does happen. What are some of the things that you, you, you saw happen? I, I've, witnessed, I've witnessed officers... I haven't witnessed, okay, I don't want to lie. I haven't witnessed officers having sex with inmates, but I know of officers who have had sex with inmates, male and female. Well, yeah, I, I know of officers who brought in contraband, weapons, and drugs. I do know of it. I've actually witnessed it. All I'm saying is what, the way you see it on TV portrayed, it doesn't happen like that. I, I can't make it any more clearer or simpler that what you see on TV, it really doesn't happen like that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It has happened. It does happen. But not like what you see on TV. Interesting. Not like we see on TV because I know for a fact that there have been COs, females, who have come up pregnant from some of the prisoners. You have males that have impregnated Absolutely. female prisoners. Yes, female inmates, yes. Right. But I guess that's not as exposed because, again, they're behind prison bars. It happens. Absolutely. It, ha but it again, happens, it but continues to happen. what he's saying is not to the extent that you see it on it's, TV. It doesn't happen that easy. 
it, it, it's like the warden is not involved in that or certain bosses are not involved in that. And some of them have done it. It's just the way you see it on TV, it just doesn't happen like that. I mean, as I've worked in many jails. I've worked in almost all the jails. It's 13 jails or buildings on Rikers Island. I've worked in 90% of them. I've worked in the borough jails. I worked in most of them, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, and Manhattan. Yes, sir. All I'm saying is what you see on TV, you get caught up in that. When you get to see the real deal, you will be in for a shock. Now, this man came on the job before me and, like he said, worked in different jails. I came on in 97 and worked in one jail and one jail only. So he has seen a lot more than I have. I have not seen half of what he's seen. So, again, I had a good career. I was very lucky. I had people like him who paved the way. When I came on the job, you couldn't have over 100 inmates in a dorm. The max was 60. I didn't have to deal with half of what he had to deal with. So I was fortunate. Again, I was lucky. The jails were under control. Veterans like him held it down for us. And it was relatively easy for us. My first 10 years on that job, relatively easy. And then... It goes south. Okay. What do you mean? Uh, Laws change. You have rules different change. mayors come in. You have new rules come in. And, yeah. The the authority you Liberals. once had. The, the, Whoa. the way you were able to control a dorm, a jail, no How longer inmates apply. have more rights in jail than they have in the streets? You got more rights in jail than you got in the streets. Explain. Elaborate a little bit on that. What, what, what do you mean that they have more rights in jail than in the streets? In the streets, you assault somebody and, you, and the police are called. You get arrested. You get charged. In jail, you assault somebody. You might just only get transferred or... It might not even get reported. I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen in the streets, mm -hmm. but in jail, when you are locked up and you're doing the things that you did in the street in jail and getting away with it, that's a problem. It's almost like saying, let uh, the inmates run the jail. And we that's don't what need, happens. We now. don't need, see, we as officers work in jail. We, we prefer to be called officers. But we, we get the connotation of being called guards or turnkeys, jail guards or mm -hmm. turnkeys. It's, it's not that it's disrespectful, but that's not what we do. We do more in jail than people know. And the public just thinks that all we do is walk a tear and, 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 and beat a stick or beat an inmate. It, it's, it's a life or world unto itself. Unless you were there, you will have no idea on how it's actually run. Well, this is the reason why I created the podcast. Because, again, folks, if you're listening to Smoke World, these are the type of conversations that take place in the cigar lounge. We smoke cigars, we have a drink, but we get into real-life conversations. This person may be a doctor, this person may be a lawyer. And this is why I wanted you guys to be a guest on the podcast. To kind of give... 
uh, a nice insight of what takes place inside opposed to the TV exposure or the internet. Somebody Radio. read something on the internet. Right. News so papers. at the end of the day, I bring you guys in to tell the real story. And I behind appreciate the scenes. That. So this is the opportunity for those who are listening. Again, this is what happens, and this is the reason, again, the podcast exists. Because we have real conversations, as I see on the onset, grab a stick. Maybe you don't smoke cigars. That's fine. And grab a glass of whatever you may be drinking, whether you drink orange juice, wine, bourbon, whiskey. It doesn't matter. Just have a drink. Just have a drink, and let's have a conversation. I think more things will be... uh, Hey, listen. I think more things can get done. If we did this as a whole, if we can do this as Americans or as a people. Agree. That it all we, starts with a conversation. Right. We, we might not always agree on everything, but at the end of the day, let's have a conversation. Let's find out your perspective, my perspective. You may have a different perspective because, again, speaking of perspective, we had an interesting conversation prior to coming on air about COVID. Correct. We had a big discussion about the pros and cons and should I folks be mandated to get pro- the shot. Yeah. You know, again, you guys had a different perspective, and I can respect that. Correct. And we had a conversation. We didn't fight. We didn't choke each other out. We didn't shoot each other. I'm a Democrat with Republican views. Yeah, we're not going to go there. We we can really go I, there. I just wanted to Ladies and that. gentlemen, I, you're I, hearing I Ty. Threw it out there. I'm not really sure. You know what I mean? He brung that up. People. This is what let's, Tyrone let's, does. He has brung up the fact that he's a what? Democrat with Republican views. Okay. And I'm a Republican. And as I always say, explain. And I'll be jumping, folks. We're jumping. This is, a, this is what we do on a podcast. These are real conversations. We could be on one top and boom, we to the next. So bear with, bear with us, folks. You know, stay tuned. Stay listening. This is getting going to get good. What do you mean by that, Ty? I grew what up, is that? I grew up in, in, the, in the 60s. I, I, I witnessed Damn, dog. How old segregation. Uh, we're not going to get into my age, you know, but just, just understand that I've experienced this. So just, just by my conversation, you have an, a general idea on what my general age could be. All I'm saying is growing up, seeing the civil rights movement, growing up with segregation and seeing what went on back in the day. We were taught, I'm saying we, we as a people of color were taught democratic ways i'm from the city of new york again i'm only speaking about my limited knowledge of my geographic location of where i grew up i was taught for my culture to be a democrat because democrats are about people of color i recently learned that it's not about democrat or republican it's more about who does what for you as a people when you get into the politics? Hmm. Having learned from the Republican sitting next to me the things that I know now by doing research because I was a staunch Democrat. Yes, he was. Blind staunch Democrat. When he started showing me the facts about what goes on in politics, I actually changed my views to where I am still a registered Democrat, but I do not vote down the party lines. If you do not do anything for me as a politician and what I agree with, 
I do not vote for you. If a Republican is campaigning and does what I like or what I think is good for me, I vote for. And I always give him credit for that because he says I taught him, I showed him. He showed him. And I disagree with that. I tell him all the time. All I did was say, hey, you're looking at one aspect aspect of the politics. Let's look over here and see the other side. Let's see what the other side is talking about. Get both views, get all the info, and start making a rational decision for yourself. Leave the politics aside. Leave the race aside. Leave the personal feelings aside. Just go based on what this one is saying, what they want to do, and what this one is saying, and what they want to do. And as time went on, he started to see, more and more. wow, I didn't know that. Wow, I didn't realize that. You know what? I now see what you're talking about, Marty. Because he used to fight me. We used to have our arguments. And then he started to realize, oh, now I see why you say what you say and why you feel the way you feel. And that's all I wanted. Look at both sides. Don't just come at me because this is what you believe and that's that. I wasn't brainwashed. I wasn't coerced. It was information that was presented to me. When I looked, I started to do my own research. And I ended up saying, after my research, Marty... You're right. No, I think that's the best way to go into any politics. Again, what is going to be best for you and your community? Regardless of what, there's an R before the but name the or a D. Democrats done from us since the 70s, early 70s. That's just a question. I'm not looking for an answer. It Thank was just you. a question. Thank you. He's older than me, so again, oh, he, he has a different point of view. He don't want to give his age. Most old people don't. Wow. But uh, I give my age. I'm 47. Old I was born don't. in 74. So, again, what he saw, I didn't see growing up. But as I got older... I'm 15 years older than him. I did some research. I started to get deeper into and just watching one channel. And I started to see and realize, yes, because I was raised a Democrat myself. Now, let me ask you a question in reference to, now since we kind of own politics, okay. do you think that had a... Uh, outcome or an effect on the prison based on politics you yes. definitely. The politics okay Most definitely yes. so if there was a republican office Countrywide. do you think there would be okay so not in this locally but you're saying Countrywide. well we saw it locally first and then that's what i'm saying only based on your experience because i can't necessarily say you can speak on what happened in but we the watch midwest the, we watch television we see it happening well, I, all yeah, over we, the we, country we, we, we can i can speak on television. personal up I personally We mostly can speak on personal That's right. why I want you to talk on Because again We all watch TV Okay Consider your source Depends on what you're feeding yourself Believe the YouTube if you want to Right Depends on what you're looking at What channel You listen to the AM You listen to the FM You're watching Right the upper CNN. end of the band Right Right So with all that being the case We I don't want to kind of go And spread it about Generally Fox We're news. talking personal Right Experience you, Based on your personal Fox experience news, Fake news Tyrone I will let you Give your personal experience. Don't first. run my don't run my listeners away. Yes, sir. I'm not trying to. I I, I have an opinion. It, that's all it is. You see, it's fake. Well, okay, let's leave it. Alone. Okay, sir. T. Yes, sir. Question. Did you personally see any difference in the prison system based on politics? Yes, I have. 
Look at New York right now. I'm only going to go, because I'm from New York and I see what's going on in New York. New York is a shithole right now. How can anybody with a conscious, conscience, I'm going to say it correctly, conscience, put, implement, I don't know if it's a law, because I'm not sure if it's a law, no bail. Meaning that I have a daughter who's a cop, who is arrested the same guy three times in one day meaning that she arrested him for whatever misdemeanor i'm gonna say misdemeanor because it mostly wasn't a major crime let's say a misdemeanor that person is out on the street before she even finished her paperwork and when she finishes her paperwork for the first time she catches him goes back on the street catches him again Arrest him, put him through the system. He's back on the street again. Before the end of her tour, if it happened, which it has happened once or twice. It doesn't happen often, but it has happened. The third time catches the same guy for, let's say, the same petty crime. So three times in one day, you, catches a, uh, you catch a guy, male, female. You catch a person for committing a petty crime. And they're back on the street before you finish your paperwork. Is that right? Because all is going to happen, and this is my view, your crime is going to escalate because, okay, I get caught for doing this and I'm back on the street. So I stole a pocketbook. Okay, now I'm not going to steal a pocketbook. I'm going to rob a store or a bank. I'm just saying. What mindset does a politician have to implement a so-called law of no bail because I am a law enforcement individual who has worked in a jail I am pro jail you do a crime you get caught you go to jail but I also think that society needs governing they need the police society wants to be police because they want to be protected all i'm saying again is to to nip it and keep the my soliloquy short we need the police we need bails we need stricter laws you break the law you go to jail that's the way it should be. But unfortunately now, we have an unsilent minority. They speak the loudest. They cry the loudest. And so they get their way. Which is why places like New York City, yes, there is no bail. If they feel that crime is not, unless you've actually killed somebody, they will not hold you. You're charged with assault. You're charged with theft. You're charged with stealing a car. You know what? It is now... Carrying a gun. It, again, you didn't do nothing with that gun. It's unregistered. It's illegal to carry. But hey, you didn't do nothing with that gun. So you know what? We are not going to put you in jail. We're not going to put you on Rikers Island to sit until your court case 
comes up. Putting you back We're going to let you roam the streets. To get uh, another gun. Uh, so you can do whatever you want to do until your court day arrives. Or and you get caught again is. doing or committing another crime. Is this because of uh, unavailable Politics. jail space or just does not have anything to do with as far as capacities of the jail? It's just as strictly you're saying it's the based on politics. That politics. Okay, that's your word, sir. Yes. But based on... <laughs> based on Democrat the politics. policies. The Democrats Liberal who listen... Democratic wow. policies. The, the ones who listen to the unsilent minority who tell you putting a person in jail because they stole a car or punched a 70-year-old lady in the street for no reason, they should not be in jail. They should not lose their freedom based off such a minor crime. That's where we're at now, and that's the problem. Okay, so kind of revolves right back to the original question of does the politics... And if the individual has an R in front of the name or a D, changes the di- dynamics of your job in the prison. I say yes. My personal experience, I came on the job in 97. Rudy Giuliani was the mayor. And uh, if I recall correctly, the commissioner was Bernard Kerrick, his right-hand man. During that time, the jails were under control there was no fun and games you are locked up officers you control do, the jail you as so much the as disrespect control the jail an officer you're going to have a problem god forbid you decide to lay a hand on Male an officer you are going to feel pain But we got to a point, once Giuliani was gone, and once Bloomberg decided, I want to become a Democrat and and cater to the liberals, we are not going to have that. You cannot simply beat up an inmate because he happened to slap a female officer on the butt. That does not equate. The violence must equate. Or sexually assault. A male or female. They did not consider that a sexual assault. An inmate slapping the butt of a female officer, the Democrats decided slapping, that is squeezing, not grabbing, a problem. And squeezing her breasts or her buttocks. That is not violence. So you cannot then in, invoke violence to make them comply and and punish them for what they did. And that's... Again, that's where the problem started to okay, become a problem. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that word punishment. So what is the proper recourse? They, they pull a trump. Grab him by the... Okay? The crotch? Mm-hmm. No. Let's keep it real. Well, the vagina? No. That's not... Grab him by the... Well, it was stated that Trump, Trump grabbed somebody by the vagina. He grabbed a female by a vagina. No, Trump that. said that. He was talking to another individual, a male. It was a And he said, hey, he didn't say vagina, I am though. so good... That I can just grab them by the pussy. Absolutely. So that's what I do. All right. But the current president actually did grab somebody by the pussy, and he actually, he's still president. He and actually nobody grabbed a young boy. 
Uh, by his genitals. He grabs a lot of young kids and sniffs and does whatever he wants to do. But what I'm saying is he has been alleged by a female to put his hand inside her vagina. Inside. Oh, boy. Okay. She claims it, has alleged it, and nothing has happened. And that truth has been disputed. If I can get to the question. The alleged truth. With that being the case, what is the proper recourse? If that does happen in jail, what is to happen to that inmate? What is the proper punishment or he's to be uh, charged within the law a okay, sexual so assault or what anything is against the law he should be charged accordingly okay but now he going or back, she should be well, charged accordingly i agree with that but you're saying obviously it sounds like to me that you wanted to inflict some personal pain upon the prisoner that you it's not you personal felt, it's well, not personal to that person that you put the pain on it's real personal so to that person then that person should seek recourse through the law or the proper channels. Right. So you, if I'm understanding correctly, again, I'm make sure I'm understanding correctly. You're saying under Giuliani, when something happened like that, if a prisoner inmate um, under grabbed, Bernard Carrick un, and Giuliani or insulted an officer, mm-hmm. there was some personal pain. Yes, there was. But the question became, what is the proper recourse? to those type of actions. You're saying they will be charged. So you're not satisfied with this charging alone. You felt as though they need to be taught a lesson. The statement that you made about the personal pain, that's we didn't inflict pain pain on an individual just because he broke certain rules or regulations. If you are actively assaulting an officer, we do what is necessary to stop? Oh, I agree with you on that. The I'm, assault. No, I'm saying after. I'm, okay, I agree with you. If there's an no, officer in trouble, the words that mean a lot. Time. Is how you phrase that question. Okay, that I, I apologize I if I didn't phrase it properly. Okay. So, if there has been an assault that has taken place, taken, not in progress, has taken place, you're saying the proper recourse would be that they can be you charged. get charged. The prisoner can be charged with that particular incident. Crime. That was committed. Right. That's what should happen. That doesn't happen. And that's the problem. It gets swept under the carpet because of numbers. I can speak from experience. I did witness inmates who assaulted an officer, sexually assault a female officer. The crime itself was no longer in progress. They still caught an ass whipping. Because you actually had the nerve to assault an officer or sexually assault a female officer. But once we were told that is no longer allowed, then yes, then at least what you should do is then take them, rearrest them, and prosecute them for the assault or the sexual assault. But that became a problem, and they chose not to do that anymore. Let me say this to interrupt. Active aggression against an assault of a person in uniform was the way of the job. Not saying it was correct. Not saying it was the law. It was the way of the job. It was the way to contain or maintain control. Because if inmates knew that you assaulted or you laid hands on a person in uniform, 
this is what you can expect. That was the way of incarceration and the jails. All I'm saying is I'm not that it was correct, proper. I'm not about abuse. I never was an abuser. Any inmate in, during my 32-year career, I can walk the streets of New York without having looking over my shoulder because of what I did in jail. Because any inmate that was under my control can say I was a good officer because I treated them like human beings. You a man or a woman? I worked in a woman's jail for six months. Would never do that again. Personal opinion. All I'm saying again is the restraints or constraints that we had in place to maintain control was if you put your hands or on a person in uniform, this is what you can expect. That was a, it was just a way of control. The unwritten rule. Unwritten rule. And again, I'm not about abuse. And you know, I'm a person of color. I'm not about abuse of anybody, regardless of your color. I'm just saying, in order to maintain control, you have to have certain things in place. And if inmates knew that if you put your hands on a person in uniform, this is what you can expect. And again, we're not trying to beat you to death. It was letting you know this is not accepted. It won't be tolerated. And 99% of the time, they knew not to do it again. I don't want to have happen. It was what very effective. To me? Very effective. That's called a deterrent. If you have in, in, in your future podcast an inmate, they'll tell you how it was or how it is in prison penitentiaries. You could do, it, you could do certain things to each other, but you do not do that to a person in uniform. Wow. Wow. This is going to be this is going to require a part 2, fellas. This will require a part 2, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That. I got stories. Sounds good to me. I got okay. 30 32 plus years of stories. Folks, my brother Marty can tell you his 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 take. I only have 20. Again, he's been through and more, he came seen after, more, but he's seen how we Ran the jails, and when and he I came on the cusp of it changing, he seen how it changed. I seen it, and it was time for me to go, and I left. Okay, as we wrap up this part one, because there will need to be a part two, I'm going to ask that you leave the folks with something. Again, maybe something I didn't ask, something that you had on your mind that you wanted to share on this particular episode to share with the folks as we wrap up. Marty, anything? I'll just say this. When it comes to Rikers, law enforcement, politics, what we need to have, as you said earlier, is the conversation. There's two sides to the story. And what's happening now is that we're only hearing one side because as I said there was an unsilent minority they speak the loudest and that's all anybody sees or hears and they believe that's the way it is so everything else is wrong and what we need is to have the conversation with the other side 
see how the other side sees things, feels about things, and then let's figure out a way to come to some agreement. T. I want to say this. In, in, in my experience, I want people to understand. Sometimes it is us against them. But just understand this. This is the way of life in society. You got jail. You got people out in the streets. You got freedom. When you go to jail, there's a certain protocol that must be adhered to. You broke the law, you go to jail. If you do not obey the rules or the laws of the freedom, the free streets, you must obey the laws of incarceration. The liberals, the politicians with politics have made it an unattainable job to have. I want to say this. People, when you look at TV, don't believe what you hear or see on the radio or television. Ask your people who have experienced the real. I want to end it by this. When there is no law, there is chaos. That's in or out. At this point, until the next time, I have so much more to say. Thank you for your time. You know what I'm thinking? Part two, I'm going to invite a former inmate who has spent some time in prison to sit at this table to give their perspective of the other side so we can have maybe a full, complete picture of what it's like to be an inmate and what it's like to be correction officer. So that's going to be part two, folks. Thank you, my brother. Yes. Appreciate you. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of Smoke World in the Books. Again, you can follow me on Instagram at Smoke World Podcast. Email stone at smokeworldpodcast.com. Website, smokeworldpodcast.com. Again, folks, don't forget to share, subscribe, and like. And we will check you out on the other side. Thanks for listening. We love you. Peace.